Welcome everybody to the Beacon of Light podcast this evening. Tonight we have the most beautiful woman with us today. We have Miss Abby Lorene. And before yeah. we get talking to her, let's jump in and get going with what we have to do. I'm April Tribe Juke. Welcome to the Beacon of Light podcast. I believe we are all made with light and light is hope. This podcast brings authors who write stories of hope to all of you. Your journey to be inspired and amplified by these stories starts now. And we're back. So, Miss Abby Loreen, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, well, I'm a mom to four, a special needs son um, who's super adorable. And I have three beautiful daughters who are all in different stages, teenage year, kind of preteen and still kind of young um, and really just a very passionate person who has kind of decided to follow her passion from a lot of the life experience that she's lived. <laughs> awesome. Great summary. So tonight we're going to be talking about my walk my way and with this book tell us a little bit about how how you got started with the idea of wanting to share your story wow well um so the idea um and this whole whole deal was a beautiful thing how it kind of came together but i didn't know that i wanted to share my story at first it took me a little bit of bravery, a lot of therapy, um, and a lot of um, hard circumstances that got me to that point. Um, I had some struggles with some pulmonary embolism blood clots. And at that point, um, I knew that tomorrow was not guaranteed for me. And, you know, from that point on that it would never be guaranteed. So I just decided one day that since I could no longer physically do a lot of the things that I had been doing in my life, um, that I wanted to make a difference in a different way. And this opportunity kind of got open that door and, and just brought it right onto my plate in a matter of like two days, I was a, a signed author. Um, and it was a passion that I've had since I was very young, just not something that I ever thought that would actually happen or come to fruition. So it was a blessing. Amazing. So in this sudden opportunity to share your story, well, what is your story? <laughs> well, my story is a lot, <laughs> as uh, April would tell you when she saw my first draft of this book, <laughs> of my chapter anyways. Um, so a little bit of my story is that I grew up in a really hard childhood, a very unstable home situation with a lot of abuse. And I bounced around in a lot of homes um, and that came down to um, some foster care, one parent to the next parent, to some extended family, um, getting pregnant at 15, um, being a part of a forced adoption situation, um, a lot of grief and a lot of mental health turmoil that I was going through. So I was really blessed to have my grandparents take over and kind of um, plant some good seeds into my life. And at that point, I just knew that I wanted to finish high school, that I wanted to do something with my life and make it worth, um, you know, the sacrifice that I'd done for my son, Noah. 
And, you know, as a birth mother, I just thought, you know, one day I'm going to have a family. And when I have this family, I am going to make every moment count and make all the good choices I can. Unfortunately, throughout a very long marriage, um, it turned abusive. And it took me a very long time to leave that marriage. So I am almost finished uh, with going through a three-year-long divorce. So I ended up uh, February 7th of 2019, uh, laying my head for the second time at a women's shelters um, on their bed. And that was a really hard path for me to navigate and walk through and do it alone in a whole different state, alienated from family um, or really any friends. And because I had children, that was a really hard thing to share for the fact that I had a, a teenage daughter that, you know, didn't want everybody to know about all the details to those things. So um, I kind of walked that path alone for a while. And I just remember laying my head the first night on a pillow at that shelter thinking, I don't miss him. My heart doesn't miss him. My body doesn't miss him. Nothing misses him. And now what am I going to do? And I really, really just prayed and I cried out to God and just said to him, like, I need you to help me with this path because I don't know how to walk this. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm just going to believe that somewhere along the way, um, you know, you'll reveal to me what it is that I'm supposed to do because I'm feeling really lost right now. Eventually, that led me into the medical complications that I had. And um, thankfully, you know, a year after that situation, of being in the shelter and getting a place for the first time ever on my own, um, that I'd met a really amazing man. Um, and through the very beginning of the process of us dating, um, he loved me through the medical complications that I had and has walked that path with me. Um, there are days that I can't get out of bed. There are some days I can. Today happens to be one of those days, and I'm so grateful for that. And you know, just as life has been kind of messy, uh, God blessed me with a special needs son on top of all of this. So that was the hardest part for me was making sure that he had stability and that he had all of his needs met. Um, and somehow it just kind of all worked itself out, really. And I, I guess I couldn't couldn't complain about any of that. That's true. When we look at the perspective of the blessings mm -hmm. instead of the complaints, I go, girl, it's so easy to complain, right? Yeah. It's tougher to go, okay, let me look at this. What are the blessings? Still can breathe, yes. still can live. Hey, heart's still going. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> right? <laughs> for you. <clears throat> There's a lot of different things in those complications. Yeah. And as this stuff starts to sandwich on us, what part of the story did you want to share within that chapter? So I didn't get the opportunity to share the domestic violence part of my life. So I'm writing that right now. Um, I did get the opportunity, you know, to share in my bio that I had um, been the survivor of that. And I am quite an advocate. Um, so with my chapter that I wrote, it is chapter nine, Generations of Impact, <clears throat> and is on page 106 of My Walk My Way. I... I really kind of dive into the day that I moved into the home that I'm in right now, where I had just remembered how grateful I was to have woken up that day and, and still be alive and remembering what the doctors were telling me of like, we don't know how we saved you, but something happened and you were saved. 
and me thinking, I want my daughters to never live through the pain that I have lived through, but I do want them to see what kind of warrior I am. And that when things get hard, that, you know, they sometimes can get messy, but that you can walk through it depending on how you choose to react to the situation. So my daughter looked at me and just said, mom, do I look fat in this? Oh, I look so fat in this. And in my mind thinking, oh Lord, no, this girl cannot walk around thinking she ain't beautiful because she is beautiful. And I used to be that girl up until two years ago. I could not look at myself in a mirror and tell you something I loved about myself. It took me some very hard work and me telling myself like, I want to love every part of myself, even the parts that are not considered perfect to the world. And I wanted to uh, show my daughters that. So I write about how my daughter spoke about these things and how I could see myself in her and how I realized that her negative self-talk had actually come from me and that I didn't even realize as a mother that I had projected this paradigm of beauty of what society's world says beauty is onto my daughters. And that just broke my heart. So honestly, it was a, a really awakening moment for me to remind myself to not speak negatively of myself for the fact that my children were listening, that other women were listening. And for me to tell myself that I need to find a way to help create change in this and having this book was a great outlet for me to write about the generational effect of women speaking poorly of their bodies and of their self-image and that at some time some of us are louder than others i'm that girl um that somebody needs to speak to the fact that it's okay to be confident in your body it's okay to feel beautiful on the inside and the outside and that is just really important to me because I feel like I was brought up to feel ashamed of my body, to not um, appreciate, you know, this body that I was gifted with, you know, um, and even quote unquote, being the skinny girl in school, I still got made fun of. I still struggled with my body image because my perspective may not have been in the right place. Um, but also because we have so many outside influences. And really the only change that I know I can make is in my own home and by hopefully projecting that out into the world um, for other generations of daughters to say, hey, it's okay for me to love myself and to think I'm beautiful with makeup and without makeup, dressing how I want, however it feels good to me. Um, you know, just allowing each other to be okay as women with how each other loves each other or loves ourselves entirely. So really that that's kind of where I went. I went to, you know, just the idea that I needed to make some change. And I spoke a little bit of my hardships and the idea that if I can do it of all people in the world, if I can make these changes and change my mindset, anybody can do this. It's not, there's no, there's no, as, as the blog post says, there is not a magic wand. I wish there was, it would, it'd just be so nice and easy, but without that hardship, you can't really appreciate the journey that you've walked through. And it really just, it brings much more passion to why I speak on what I do about loving ourselves, the inside and the outside. Very, very true. 
building up the inside is the toughest part because it's stuff we don't really see and other people feel it differently. How we build up the inside for our daughters, for our family, for our sons is such an important part as moms. It's almost like we have to take this banner back ourselves and show and share within the family. This is what is real. And this is what's evil. Don't listen to the rest of the world and to prepare them for the things that are really, really important. It's so interesting how so many of us go on this journey, the journey of this idea of the ideal. And as we march through, it's constantly comparing or it's bullied or it's snickering at or... Mm -hmm. And you just make this long list. Really, what does it come down to? How how are we beautiful on the inside? What does that mean, Abby? What does it mean? For me, the inside beautiful is not me looking in the mirror saying, oh, these stretch marks are so gross and ugly. And, you know, as a warrior of Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, my my stretch marks and my scars on my body are much uglier per se than anyone else's because it doesn't heal the same way. So then it made me very self-conscious. So it's me walking into the mirror and looking at myself and picking apart every little imperfection that I've seen in society that I've seen from other women that, you know, we, you know, cause I modeled when I was younger, um, you know, and so even being immersed in modeling, you know, just the idea that the inside of us has to really fit the outside of us as well. So you can be beautiful on the outside, but be really ugly on the inside. And I've seen this personally because of being in in some of the modeling things that I had done. Um, And because I was, I'll say it, and I don't feel ashamed to say it, that I was gifted with a beautiful smile. I was gifted with you know, loving um, beauty type of things and doing my hair and makeup and nails. Um, And even when I was heavier set for a short period of my life, I felt like, well, you know, now that I look at it, that I was still beautiful. And and, and so I feel blessed for that part. But I do know that there are so many women who identically um, look like me and, and they have the most ugly attitude or the most ugly perspective, or they are very judgmental because of them being blessed with, you know, quote unquote, society's idea of what beauty is. And that means, you know, the judgmental things, uh, the mom shaming, the body shaming, um, you know, the clothes uh, that somebody's wearing. I, to the outside world might look a certain way, but on the inside, I can only pray and hope um, that my inside comes comes through to my outside and my words and my actions and, you know, my personal relationships, um, you know, professional relationships, things like that. And those are not all things that were very easy for me growing up because I had a very judgmental parent in my life. I had somebody who was very toxic and that spills over and you start to become a product of your environment. And that is something that I had to be honest with myself was to take personal accountability and personal responsibility for the fact that some of our children, we we notice that our children reflect to us 
our imperfections. And sometimes that's a good thing for us to be able to see that and say, maybe that's where I need to work better or I need to work a little bit harder because I didn't realize I was doing that. So they're like this reflection. And I think that it's a really awesome thing when you finally kind of become woke up to the fact that, hey, I need to make some changes and I need to be honest about that. And that's where I was in my life. And I think every day that I wake up, I tell myself that I need to continue to keep working harder. I'm not going to hate myself or be angry with myself or talk negatively to myself. I'm going to say, you did a good job today, or maybe you didn't do as great of a job today, but tomorrow's a new day. If you're blessed to wake up, you have a new day to start it again. So if I messed up, I can redo this. I can make it better. But really great attitude <clears throat> to go along with that beauty is that it's step by step and how we're projecting ourselves on the inside should flow through on the outside. And mm -hmm. you can tell something's off when the ugly is seeping through all that quote beauty. There right. is something really happening. And so we have to really teach the, the concept and to be fair, <clears throat> teach the response, right? Yes. So, <laughs> great example today <laughs> and I'm on this because I'm so I'm teaching or doing things I get a chance to sit at the computer I'm starting to enter in some some grades I peek at the phone and there is a message from my daughter my daughter has put down something from her heart and she said basically that somebody was bullying her about her outward appearance mm-hmm and labeling her a certain way, we will say. So my mama heart is like, ugh, feeling it. And where are those kids? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Kind of right there. And I'm not, I'm not really good at like, it's good. I think no, so. me neither. Me neither. You'll always like, see all emotions on my face. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of worn out. So of course, the students are like, what's wrong, Mrs. Juke? I'm like, Oh, shoot. Now you're watching. Okay. Well, <laughs> we've got some news and we're going to take care of it at lunch. And I'll share if I can later. Because, of course, they were all like, oh, no. Because I couldn't. <laughs> anyway, the point is, is this affected my daughter. And the very yeah. next thing she texts me is, my heart hurt. No go school tomorrow. Oh. <sighs> yeah. So, then I start calling, emailing, snapping the pictures of what she sent me in the picture that, anyway, all of these things, send it off and no one's responding at the school. And I'm like, what's happening? So I was able to text off to somebody else who's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Our phones are down. Our computers are down. We're just down right now. I'm like, okay. So I'm like, can I send you the messages? Send it to her. Yep. She's like, we're on it. And I got a message <laughs> said we were on it and i'm like thank you it's that idea of you know grateful for for that part but that ooh, yeah so this is the time for self-esteem yeah her and then like it went through the floor and yeah. you're like oh she's she's almost 12 she's 12 on thursday oh no mom mom no birthday can't me ugly Oh, what a, no, no, no. So we've got tonight, Miss Abby. I'm like, okay, we're going to be painting the inside of this beautiful. And, you know, we yes. have to 
action right away, right? So how many mm-hmm. of you out there have had those experiences? How and we can sit in the in the mire of the experience, right? I can be like, oh, 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 oh. Or I can be like, how are we gonna paint it up today? Like tonight, like yeah. after this, we gotta get together and just share, see what the feelings are, and then know and express what I know and what I see and what I feel and let her know from others what they know and what they feel. And the belief in that is so important. So the beauty on that insight and and it, um, breaking the generational challenges is really it's it's up to us and that responsibility to to see the perspective and to help the change happen. Yes. So your chapter, what do you see going forward of what you want to do? Is there a thing you want to set up with youth? Um, tell yes. me a little bit about this. <clears throat> so as I was finishing writing this up, um, April happened to be the ghostwriter for this book. And I ended up going in and changing a lot just because my my vision changed a little bit. Um, and thank God for you, April, because um, I had had stroke-like symptoms and was at Mayo Clinic. So I my thoughts were very messy at that moment and I couldn't um, piece them together as well as I would have liked. But once I got to that point at the very end of right, you know, as the day as this is going in to be published and in my mind, it was just, it's going to sound crazy. Um, uh, it does kind of sound crazy, but it was just like a flash for me in my, in my memories of what it was like to walk through middle school and high school, even elementary school for myself, because I was the kid who was hungry. I was the kid who wanted school, never wanted school to be called off because I knew I was going to have a hot meal and a teacher and somebody who was going to be nice to me. Um, But I was made fun of because I had dirty clothes. I never owned anything brand new. I never had name brand clothes. I remember my first pair of Nikes that came from a thrift store. They were boys and in seventh grade. And I was so excited and expensive. A bunch of girls made fun of me for wearing boys Nike shoes. And I thought I was cool because I was wearing Nikes, but they weren't meant for girls. But I, I over even looked at that because I just thought, oh, these are Nikes. Um, and because of my body shape. So, yeah, I might be skinny per se, but I didn't have um, voluptuous curves. And that was very much pointed out to me. The words that were said to me because I was 15 and pregnant and still went to school that way. Those things all really kind of set in in my soul of what my worth was to me. I was not worthy of being loved. I was not worthy of anything because I was promiscuous in my younger years because, you know, I, I made a poor choice because, you know, I didn't get to wear clean clothes all the time because my life circumstances were messy. And then you go to school and all these kids just treat you so much differently and they can be very mean. And today's day and age, uh, I know for my own daughter, who's a freshman in high school, how hurtful and mean girls can be. And, and that includes my own children because they've been taught from their peers, not just, you know, how they're taught at home, but to react at certain points. And I've tried to explain to my daughters, you know, like, listen, I know you're upset right now, but sometimes you do need to stop and think how you're going to react because you don't like how she treated you. You don't want to project that back out to them. Now, our kids sometimes have to learn hard lessons and sometimes don't make the best choices. So in my heart, working through 
my children, my daughters very specifically and their specific circumstances, which includes a daughter of mine who has Bell's palsy and so half of her smile is crooked. We're writing a book right now about children who look different. Um, my son has cerebral palsy, so he acts different than other children. I have another daughter who has struggled tremendously with a weight issue from some health complications. And then I have another daughter who has struggled and, and she's the oldest where she's always been super beautiful, but she just doesn't believe it. And, and just, she doesn't see that everyone around her thinks of her as that way. Um, but I can see because of what she's grown up in that I taught her those things. So my goal in that moment, when that flash came across me was, Abby, you need to go speak to youth and you need to find a way to give your story as almost like a testimony to them and show them that these words can actually hurt. Your actions do have consequences, that there are a ripple effect of things that happen throughout a person's life and, and hope that they see that not to make them feel some condemnation over that situation, but for them to hopefully slow down their thought process and think. So my movement and that moment was called you're worthy and you're loved or you're worthy and you belong because nobody feels like they really belong when there's somebody like myself who, who was transient in their life or things have been messy or maybe I didn't, I wasn't the popular girl. I've never been popular. Um, that was never my thing. So I've always just kind of been my own weird person. And now I kind of embrace that and accept that not everybody around me loves me and I'm okay with that. And I, I almost, I feel like it's so necessary for our youth to know that because I already see the youth making great waves of change and certain political things, certain topics that other people would never speak about, which is you know, your last guest spoke about, you know, sexual assault um, and especially mm -hmm. by men, um, you know, domestic violence is hard at times to talk about. So yeah. just being honest and having that opportunity to speak to these children and, and I'm talking about like fifth grade and up talking with them and explaining to them that they are world changers, that they can make the world of a difference and they could easily um, take responsibility for their actions and they're responsible ultimately for how they feel about themselves inside. It's not just because some girl told you you're ugly or you look a certain way does not mean that's who you are. You are who you choose to be and you have the opportunity to take those negative words and change them. But at that age, it just doesn't seem always possible to them. So I'm still working on a way to reach them in, in a bigger way but that is my ultimate goal at this moment, including writing more awareness books about domestic violence. Um, I'm writing with one of my daughters about her going through a physical situation of domestic violence at the hands of people who should have never done that to her. Um, I'm writing with you know the youngest one about her saying, she doesn't see that her smile is different. She hears it, but I've told her since day one, I've never actually brought up to her that her smile is totally different, just that she's beautiful and God made her uniquely the way that he did for a reason. And I'm so glad. I'm so glad he did because she's the kid who walks around and tells all these other little girls, please don't put on makeup. You look beautiful just the way that you are. You don't have to cover that up. It's okay. See, my smile's crooked. 
how beautiful is that? How beautiful is that for the innocence of a child to, to see that beauty and no matter which way it looks. But we do know as they get older, they slowly start to realize that, <clears throat> well, society says that you should look this way. The magazine looks that way. So I personally have pictures behind me and all over my walls in my home of me doing awareness modeling and none of them are airbrushed. And I support this business because this woman is with me on body positivity and not airbrushing pictures and, and having all different sizes and shapes and different looks because that's the reality of the world. I want my daughters to see what a real woman looks like, not somebody that's on a magazine because society says that you can be a size negative too with airbrushed face and your hips are, you know, this size and done this because we use some digital imaging to do that. I mean, cool. Awesome. If we can, we have some of that technology um, to do fun things, but I, I want to put it out into the world for young ladies and, and my son, you know, to be who you are and be comfortable with who you are and love who you are in the skin that you're in. And even if that means it's not the same way that I look at mine, that's okay. I just want you to have that internal peace and happiness and love for yourself to know that you are loved, that you are worthy and that your looks are not going to fully define who you are and how you um, progress throughout life. Because look at me. I mean, I'm living proof of that. Beautifully said. Well done. So everyone get out there and grab a copy of my, my walk, my way. It is on Amazon. We can drop the link down. I'm sure Miss Abby Lorene also has it in a different place. And we'll put those um, links down below as soon as we sign off. Thank you so much this evening. And I hope you all get out there, be positive, paint your insides beautiful, and then believe in it. We'll see mm -hmm. y'all later. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.